It is week six of the college football season. We are back with our 10 best picks this weekend. I'm Austin, joined by Logan. This is Colin, our chat. We're going to give you each our five favorite picks this weekend. Followed up with our best bet of the weekend. And let's recap last week. This was a pretty good week. Logan and I both combined seven and two. Our only loss was Iowa State. We both were on them, and they couldn't get it done as they missed three field goals. But either way, a great week. And even the fans had a three and two week. As always, we track the fans' vote. You go down below, drop your favorite pick. And if you see a pick that you really like, Click that like button, the top five most comments, most liked comments down below will track towards the fans record. But without further ado, Logan, how are you doing before we hop into this? I, I'm, I'm really excited for this week. I'm really excited to continue the, the winning ways that we had last week. I cashed my best bet, and I'm really excited to make some money for the people this week. That's what we hope to do. And if you're new, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button too. It helps grow the channel. Let's hop into my favorite pick, or one of my favorites. Not my best bet this weekend, but I'm going to go with UCLA, plus four and a half. They're currently minus 110 on DraftKings. Take it on Utah Utes now. Last week, UCLA, an undefeated team, kind of woke up people. They went out and they beat the 15th-ranked Washington Huskies, a team that everyone really liked. And they came out there, beat them 40-32, to 32, and that final score was a little bit more closer than you know, the game actually indicated. And Utah has turned around since that week one loss to your Florida Gators, Logan. But similar to that game, they're going to be on the road taking on a, a very elite dual-threat quarterback. You saw what Anthony Richardson did in week one against this Utah defense, which is very good. But Dorian Thompson-Robinson is an elite quarterback, and he's been absolutely killing people this season. DTR, as I like to just abbreviate his name because I don't want to say the whole thing, they lost to the Utes as in his freshman year. He didn't play in the next couple matchups. But the Bruins have lost five straight games versus the Utah Utes. I think that streak ends on Saturday. UCLA has allowed the 13th fewest rushing yards this season. And look, if they can win the trenches, I think they got a good chance of taking down this U Utah team. Now, while I'm not taking the money line, I think the UCLA Bruins at home. I know Cam Rising and Utah are a pretty good ball club, but I like Chip Kelly and the Bruins to get it done. That's my first pick of the week. Logan, what you got? Well, Utah treated us really nice last week. So I, this, is a, this is a really spicy take, Austin, but I do like it. Now, my first pick in this one, I'm going to an SEC showdown, and I'm taking Arkansas plus nine and a half versus Mississippi State. I, I just think at the end of the day, this is too many points to pass up on, uh, you know, for Arkansas. Look, these SEC games are, are usually a, bit, a little bit closer than anybody wants to remember, right? Arkansas offense will chew the clock and win the time of possession. Ninth in rushing yards is the key to success for this Arkansas offense. And I think they, they're well equipped to do it. Now, Mississippi State's defense, 124th in rushing yards allowed. I expect big things from KJ Jefferson and Raheem Sanders. The blueprint is there, right? Just run the ball, keep moving the chains, chew the clock, and, and we'll be really good and, and in a solid position to cover this one. Now, Arkansas's defense, you know, will have their hands full against Will Rogers, right? We know how impressive this Mississippi State offense is, you know, allowing 289 uh, passing yards per game. I think that that is a little bit misleading and a little bit inflated, though, because this <laughs> Arkansas defense did just get carved up by Alabama. But who doesn't, right? They give up 49 points to Alabama. Everybody, everybody looks bad against Alabama. But if Arkansas's defense will, uh, if they do limit Mississippi State's drives to field goals rather than touchdowns, you know, everybody, everybody's on the over 62 points in this one. I think I think this one's going to be a little bit lower scoring. And I'm telling you, if in the red zone, Mississippi State isn't as efficient as they always are been, Arkansas will cover this nine and a half. Logan, I got a question for you. Is there room for two on the Arkansas Razorbacks wagon? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So that's my second pick. I'm actually going to be squad riding with Logan because I really do like the Razorbacks. Now, if there is a line that's going to change from when we post this video, which is on Tuesdays to Saturdays, 
this could be the one because kind of Logan and I have tracked this. It's gone from six and a half to seven and a half, then to eight and a half, and now nine and a half. I imagine it does come down as the game gets closer, but either way, we'll take it probably at seven and a half is the lowest. I probably want that touchdown to give us that push or at least that winner. But like Logan was saying, Mississippi State has a recipe for success. Got to run the ball. And I think you look at this Mississippi State team, they have two more road games coming up. This is their final home game, at least for their two road games against Kentucky and Alabama, two elite teams in Arkansas team that's lost two in a row this is kind of that must win game and while we're not projecting them to come out here and upset mississippi state who did treat me nicely last week i think arkansas plus nine and a half is just a lot of points for you know mississippi state team that could could lay down right here we've seen you know the rushing attack from arkansas if the arkansas razorbacks can get up in this game i think if they got a good chance at not only covering this but having a chance to win this game outright nine and a half is a lot of points in an sec ball club or sec game with two elite teams so logan i really like that we're both on the razorbacks here i think they got a good chance of getting it done and i, I really do hope they treat us both nicely we can go two and oh on that game but what's your second pick of the weekend yeah, I'm going. I'm going to a to a team that that you were very familiar with last week. How about the Purple Pirates? It's a pirate's life for me this week. I'm taking ECU plus two and a half versus Tulane. Now, now look. If you want to ride the wave, literally and figuratively, Tulane's been a trendy pick this year. They're coming off a a win versus Houston, but I see a letdown spot kind of in this one. Now, ECU's offense tied for 13th in third down conversion percentage at 50. percent I'm going to talk about third down percentage a lot in these because there's nothing more important in college football to, for than sustained drives. And ECU's offense is, has been showing that, right? ECU's offense also balanced. And I do like that in college football. I hate teams that rely too much on the run or the pass. ECU balanced attack 38th in, in passing yards, 43rd in rushing yards so far in the season. So they, they can have multiple pathways to put up points on Tulane. ECU also 40th in opponent third down conversion per, percentage. We remember how impressive this ECU defense looked at times versus NC State. That game, uh, you know, ECU for, for all intents and purposes should have probably won that game if the, if the kicker actually showed up. But they, they really did play NC State tough. That one really sticks in my head when I'm, when I'm thinking about this, this matchup. Also, though, if you look at Tulane's offense, 108th in third down conversion percentage at only 31.25%. You know, that that's and that's with inflated opponents like UMass and Alcorn, right? That, you know, their only real test offensively or, or against a good defense was against Kansas State. So I think really the, the Purple Pirates are a sneaky one in this one. I know everyone's probably going to be on Tulane in this one, but my Pirates are going to say not so fast. Yeah, hopefully the Pirates get it done for you, and hopefully they bring home a big pile of treasure. And, you know, speaking of treasure, people have been tailing my best bet of the year. Yeah, no, they're not, and they're not bringing any treasure home because I've been struggling in the best bet of the week, and that's what we're kind of segueing into. I can't cash one to save my life. Oh, four and one. If I could just throw this segment out the window, my record would be great. And since I've been in the red pretty much all season long in this best bet, it's only right that I go to the Red Raiders of Texas Tech. And I'm taking them plus 10 as my best bet of the weekend. Now, before you come out here and say, Austin, this is an idiotic pick. You probably, if you were to fade one of my picks, this might be the one. But I like the Red Raiders this week, and I think they're going to shock the world. And I think they have a chance. Just hear me out. A chance to upset this Oklahoma Cowboys team, a top 10 ranked program. Now, Donovan Smith and the Red Raiders. They're a pretty decent team. I mean, they have played well in Stillwater. The last two matchups, they lost by six in 2020 and then won by 24 in 2018. So they've kind of had Texas Tech or Oklahoma State's number in their own stadium. And this is the easiest game the Cowboys have on their schedule over the next four weeks. There's there's really not, I mean, you look at their schedule, they get a lot of tough games versus TCU, Kansas State. They got even Kansas or Kansas, who's really looked really good as of early on this season. And the Cowboys, their defense is not as good as it was last year. I mean, they've allowed 285 passing yards per game, which is 
233rd in the NCAA. Texas Tech averaging 362 passing yards per game, the seventh most. Everyone's going to be on Oklahoma State. And this is a team that's, I guess, a top 10 program. And they haven't had that week where they're like, oh, this team's struggling. You remember Alabama, they had that against Texas. You think about Georgia, one of the best teams. They struggle against Missouri. Ohio State struggled in week one versus Notre Dame. All of those elite teams that have struggled. Could this be the week that we see Oklahoma struggle? It's an at-home game. No one's expecting them to lose. They're going to be in everyone's money line parlay. Could we see the Red Raiders come in here and play a little bit of a spoiler? I think they certainly could get it done. And look, I'm, I'm taking a shot on plus 10 points. I think this game's closer than that. Hopefully it's only a touchdown that kind of separates these two teams, maybe even less. So give me the Red, Red Raiders plus 10 as my best bet of the weekend. Logan, what's your best bet? Yeah, I'm. I, I do like the call though. I mean, it, Big Twelve game. I'm games, calling my any, shot. Yep, he's calling his shot. Big Twelve game. Anything can happen. Now I'm going in for my best bet of the week, and I'm going back to to the SEC showdown, and I'm taking LSU plus two and a half versus Tennessee. Look, normally I hate backing Brian Kelly to do anything except lose, but this line to me is just screaming. Bet, bet Tennessee. Bet Tennessee. And we all know how how college football works, especially in the SEC. You don't you don't want to take the sucker bet, and I think Tennessee is the sucker bet in this one. Look, Tennessee's offense has been humming this year: fifth in scoring, second in passing yards, tenth in yards per play. So this is statistically like a top five offense. And we know you know the Tennessee uh, offense up tempo with with Hooker at quarterback. Can LSU stop that though? Is is going to be obviously the question. They're going to do a lot of uh, preparation to start to stop Hooker and I think they're equipped to do it. They're look, they're ninth in passing yards allowed and 16th in scoring defense. So I really do think uh, LSU's defense can present problems for Hooker and that Tennessee offense. Over the last 3 games, LSU's defense eighth best in opponents third down conversion percentage i mean that that's really solid considering that, that they're in the top 10 in opponents convert uh, opponents third down conversion percentage that's that's a mouthful but i really do think if they can get hendon hooker off the field and 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 make life difficult for him we're going to stand a really good chance of cashing this best bet again also if you look at tennessee's defense look remember his his days at ucf hypo they don't practice defense a lot right Tennessee's defense, 128th in passing yards allowed. LSU's offense doesn't have to be great to move the ball on them, right? LSU's offense, though, statistically, fine, right? 26th in scoring offense and 30th in passing yards. That's good enough for me to back LSU in this one. Look, there's there, one, of the, one of the toughest places to play in college football is Death Valley. I think Tennessee's going to go in there and, and get a reminder of what SEC play is like. I think I think Heupel and Tennessee have a really good shot to probably lose this game outright. But for safety, I will take LSU plus two and a half. Look, you didn't have to remind me about the UCF defense days. <laughs> I love Heupel. My friends, uh, you included, like to say I look like Heupel in maybe 20 years. Um, but look, I appreciate it. I hope the Tennessee uh, volunteers lay an egg for you on the road. Like you said, Josh Heupel, he did struggle at, on the road with UCF. Now, for my fourth pick of the weekend, we're transitioning away and got our final two picks. I'm actually going to go the only favorite on my card, and that's going to be Maryland Terrapins. I'm taking the minus three versus the Purdue Boilermakers. If this goes up to three and a half, look, sign me up. I'll take it out any line you get it. Now, look, last week I heavily considered for the Boilermakers, Purdue on the other side, as they pulled off an upset versus Minnesota and the Golden Gophers. I thought they had a good chance to win that game and at least cover the 10 points they were getting, and they did. They got their win on the road. And now they go back on the road versus Maryland. And I like this Terrapins offense a ton. They're led by Talia Tagovailoa, the brother of Tua Tagovailoa. And look, they're 29th in passing yards per game, 30th in total yards. And the Terrapins have been a good home team, 3-0 at home. And look, I expect that to be 4-0 after Saturday. It's a big letdown spot for Purdue after a big win against, the, you know, I think 11th ranked Minnesota Golden Gophers at the time. Aiden O'Connell, love the last name, love him. 
but I think Purdue's in a big letdown spot. O'Connell didn't look good last week. Two weeks or two interceptions after you know missing the week against FAU the week prior. He's still a little bit banged up. I don't trust them all too much. So I like Maryland minus three. I think they get it done. Hopefully, they win by more than the touchdown. They can uh, make that a no sweat winner for me. But Logan, what's your fourth pick? Yeah, I'm going to an ACC game for my fourth pick, and I'm taking Georgia Tech plus three against Duke. Now, if you're looking at this one, yeah, this one might not be the sexiest pick or the sexiest matchup, but look, this is how you make money in college football. You have to give Duke their credit, right? If you look at, if you're just simply looking at record, four and one straight up this year, Georgia Tech by comparison, two and three. So Duke does look like the better, you know, team on paper, but look at Georgia Tech. They've played a gauntlet of a schedule. They've played Ole Miss, Pitt, UCF, Clemson. And they beat Pitt. Like that's that that's a really good momentum uh, win win for Georgia Tech, and I think they will carry that over, right? If you look at again these two teams on paper, it looks like a big mismatch in in favor of Duke. But look, last week Georgia Tech had 102 passing yards, and if you look at that box score, you're like, oh, surely they just got killed by Pitt. Nope they they still won that game, and they won it on the ground, which is very important in college football to establish the run game. And, and have have control, not not needing to rely so much on the pass. That's what Georgia Tech's been doing. If you look at their quarterback, Sims, he's dual threat. Last week, 81 yards on the ground. Hall, their running back, 157 yards on 20 carries. I expect them to do the, the same versus Duke. And I, I know if there's anything from watching that Duke du defense against Kansas uh, a couple weeks ago, they really don't present a whole lot of problems, you know, defensively, uh, especially up front. Georgia Tech's offense, 127th in scoring. Duke's offense, 53rd in scoring. That's where I'm saying, like, it, this this line should be probably bigger if, if the books were very convinced that Georgia Tech was going to get blown out in this one. I, I, don't think, I don't think they'd only make Duke minus three. Duke's offense, if you look at them, they haven't been really, you know, all that great, especially on third down, right? Duke's third down efficiency, bad. 32% uh, conversion, that's 102nd in the FBS. Georgia Tech's defense, 47th in uh, opposing third down, opponent third down conversion percentage. So they've been in, in the top pretty much third in the FBS at, at, at stopping the opponents on third down. I think they're going to get this one done for us. Only plus three. Yeah, I'll, I'll give me some yellow jackets. And something to really note is that, that last week was the first game Georgia Tech had under their new head coach. I think they fired the head coach and let go of their, their athletic director. So they obviously something changed in the locker room and they're kind of like, get, maybe they get on a winning streak here. So I like to pick. Now, as for my final pick, my fifth and final pick, I'm going to stay in the same conference. So I'll be taking the Florida State Seminoles plus three and a half as they take on the NC State Wolfpack. Now, the, originally, you look at this line, you're like, what in the heck is this line? Why is it like this? And for all my Seminoles fans out there, including my sister, I'm backing you guys. Now, the Noles coming off a 10-point loss to Wake Forest at home. And they were laying, I think, six and a half in that game, lose outright. And now they're laying only three and a half on the roll. They're getting three and a half points on the road versus the top 15-ranked NC State team, also coming off a 10-point loss to Clemson. Now, last week, a lot of you, I don't love back in Florida State here, but they didn't have a good week last week. They gave up 28 unanswered points between the second and then the third quarter, but they still had a chance at the end of the game. They couldn't get a stop on defense, and that was, ended up being all she wrote. But Wake Forest is still a decent team with Sam Hartman, and I just look at this offense from the Florida State Seminoles. It's been the best one they've had probably in the last five to eight years. I mean, they're 28th in total yards, and ultimately, I think their offense, I can trust them a lot more than Devin Leary and the Wolfpack's offense. I backed the Wolfpack when they took on UConn. They were 40-point favorites. They didn't get close to covering that. NC State, like I said, lost by 10 to Clemson. Going to be a big let down. I mean, they're like, oh man, we wanted to beat Clemson. They obviously couldn't get it done. I know they're back at home. Their defense is good, but I don't think that's enough. I think this is a three point or less game, or maybe even Florida State potentially sneaks out the win outright. So, Logan, I know it's your rival, but can you root for the Florida State Seminoles plus three and a half for me this weekend? 
I can get behind the pick for, for, for sure. In the ACC, any and, you know anything can happen, especially in those lower you know spread type games. So I do like the pick. Now Austin, yeah, for I my got pick, a big time game. You're going to the biggest game on the slate, right? For for my pick, I need you to hang on and buckle in, right? I, the last few weeks, if you've been watching my picks, you know on my last pick, I like to go dumpster diving. Two weeks ago, I went New Mexico State. Last week, I went Nebraska. Got a whole lot of a lot of hate for the Nebraska pick, yes, but I'm I'm going I'm going dumpster diving once again. I'm going to Colorado State versus Nevada. I'm taking Colorado State plus three and a half in this one. Now look, guys, this is as pure as a line reading is, and it, and you know it's it's pretty much a sharp play in my opinion. Look, you got an zero and four against the spread and straight up. Uh, Colorado State team only getting three and a half. Now that gets my attention right there. I'm like, whoa, what's what's going on here? The last game they played, Colorado State only got four and a half, and they lost 41 to 10 to Sacramento State at Colorado State. So there was at home, and they just got absolutely embarrassed. Now Austin, I'm not good at math, but I don't think they 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 covered the four and a half. You know, losing by 31 in that one. So you look at this, and you're like, why are the odds makers only giving them three and a half, right? They and Nevada both get an extra week to prepare, and clearly the books see something changing for Colorado State. Maybe this is just a come-to-Jesus moment in the locker room, and, and they're like, guys, we got to turn this around. we got to go play some, some inspired football. You look at their, their offense on paper, it really can't get worse. 128th in scoring offense, but equally as bad is Nevada's defense, 129th in scoring defense. So look, whatever sort of game plan and whatever sort of offensive packages they're installing in, in their extra week, Hopefully they're they're able to exploit that Nevada defense that really hasn't presented problems to anyone they've they've played. Now one thing to watch for in this game, Clay Millen, and quarterback for Colorado State, he's questionable, but he's the much better option. Like I really hope he plays. The line seems like he's likely to play, and I hope with that that extra week off that that, that he can definitely uh, play in this one. I don't think they're getting, giving uh, Colorado State only three and a half if he doesn't play because look the backup came in there and absolutely stunk up the joint. So I'm taking Colorado State plus three and a half. Dumpster diving a little bit, but there's still money to be made in these smaller games. Yeah, and hopefully that is a Friday night game at 1030 kickoff. So hopefully you're getting some coin in your pocket, right? And then you wake up Saturday, watch some college game day and bet, place some more bets. Hopefully they cash for you. I'm rooting for your Colorado State Rams. It seems we're fading the Wolfpack, the Nevada Wolfpack and NC State Wolfpack for our fifth and final picks. But that's going to wrap it up. Those are our 10 favorite picks for this weekend in college football for week six. We appreciate you guys. Drop your favorite comments down below with your favorite picks. Drop a like on the ones that you like. And Austin Logan, we're signing out. See you guys back again. Same time, same place, Tuesday at 12 p.m. noon. You'll see our picks for next week. We'll see you guys then. Peace.